Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talea Dendi. I'm an 11-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. Gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that are needed and what one receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps by sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who are thriving on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Disclaimer, the purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. The podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professionals and is not intended for the use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests who speak in a podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conditions conclusions. Neither Talea Dendi, Navigating Cancer Together, on the other side, LLC, nor any of its affiliates endorses, supports, or opposes any treatment option or other matter discussed in a podcast. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy on a podcast should not be construed as an endorsement. Hello everyone, this is Talea Dindy from OnTheOtherSide.life and you're listening to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast, the show that has something for everyone facing cancer. Why? Because everyone is different with different needs, beliefs, and perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I encourage you to open your minds and your hearts. Today, our very special guest is Andrew Berger. Andy's sister was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer. Her courage and strength spurred Andy to turn pain into passion. Andy founded Jody's Climb for Hope, which raised more than $900,000 for research by leading mountain climbing expeditions, an apt metaphor for the struggles women affected by breast cancer endure. In 2008, tragedy struck again when Andy's wife, Jen, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Jody's Climb for Hope expanded the scope of its mission into multiple sclerosis research as well. On an expedition in Iceland, Andy discovered something that he developed into Be More Organic, a protein drink that Inc. magazine ranked as the fifth fastest growing natural brand with engaging mountaineering, business and personal stories, Andy shares the guiding principles that have helped him navigate the peaks and valleys of his life. Andy, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. Good morning. Good to be here. Finish my coffee. I'm ready to go. All right. Thank you. Andy, as I shared in reading your bio, you have experienced a lot of challenges and loss just in your family, in your personal life. How did your family cope with your sister's terminal cancer diagnosis prior to her passing? Not well. The universe seems to always take the good people first, certainly losing my dad and great man at age 58, and then my sister at 45. Two amazing people. And to see such a 
kind, generous person that my sister Jody Berger get this diagnosis at 45 and watch her suffer with her three young kids is very, it's hard, it doesn't do its service. It was very traumatic and it was grinding just because to watch her slowly disappear over five years is very hard to watch. We did what we could in terms of flying up from Baltimore, where all of our family is mostly based, to Boston to help pitch in with whatever she needed with the kids or going to chemo or treatments or whatever we could do to help. But it was very hard for all of us to watch and to deal with. Yeah, it's such a blessing that she had you and the rest of her family to mm-hmm. there to support her and her children. That's so important. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that kind of support. Yeah, yes, correct. I and mean, the resources to be able to fly up there as we all did and making sure that she had help in terms of a nanny, whatever she needed. We're certainly very privileged to have her have that, as you said, support and resources that she could live the best life she could. Andy, what advice do you have for siblings who have lost a loved one to cancer? It's present tense. Obviously, spend as much time and connect and all that as you can. But past tense is a Jewish saying, if you keep someone's memory alive, it's as if they never died. And I started to do that with all the loved ones in my life. My father, I helped start a foundation in his name that's raised a couple hundred thousand dollars that does good works, that continues the good works that he was doing. And then when my sister, Jody, got sick, you know, I wasn't, I couldn't sit idly by and watch. And so I started my own nonprofit that we called Jody's Climb for Hope, that we called Climb for Hope, and renamed it in her name after she died to Jody's Climb for Hope to try to find a cure for this type of disease. We didn't do it fast enough to save her life, but I told her before she died, I promised that I would help her daughter grow up in a world that didn't have breast cancer. And so that's why we raised about a million dollars for breast cancer research. And while, again, we didn't save her life and there's billions being spent, we've been able to target that money with our nonprofit to very promising early research that doesn't get funding because they don't have proof yet. One of the things that we did very early on was give very little bit of money, a couple hundred thousand dollars to this woman who was developing this immunotherapy. Now you're starting to see immunotherapy is a viable treatment for many people with various cancers, including breast cancer. Again, it's not a cure for everybody. It's a niche, but it's something that is making progress towards that goal. So I feel like in her name, we made a difference in the fight against breast cancer. And by having her name on the flags that we bring to every summit on t-shirts, her name is still alive. And here we are 13 years later, still talking about her. That's wonderful, Andy. That is a great way to honor your sister and so many other people that have yeah. to face cancer. Thank you I for doing add that. that you, know, you don't have to start a foundation to raise a million dollars, but what can you do to help keep that person's memory alive? We do some other things, smaller things. My wife reminded me, don't just cry and mourn and light a candle for the day she died. Let's celebrate her life at other times, like her birthday, it happened to be the day after Christmas. She loved really good hot chocolate with whipped cream. I get as many people as I can together and we go and have hot chocolate and toast my sister and tell stories about her and the wonderful person that she was and go out and do that in her name. That's a $5 endeavor. It's not like we're spending a lot of money on hot chocolate, but little things that you could do to keep that person's memory alive, not just, and it's fine to cry and mourn and do that. And at the same time, celebrate the 45 years that she had, the three amazing kids that she had, but why we do mourn and it's that's appropriate and healthy also celebrate yes 
I could not agree more because when you think about it, the loved ones that we've lost, I'm sure they don't want us always crying and down. They want us to remember the happy times. Correct. Like you said, the, share those stories. Yes. I love that you do that. Andy, please tell us how Jody's Climb is different from other organizations. You mentioned that you tend to mm-hmm. fund mm-hmm. other organizations that are early in the process. Is that one of the key things that makes Jody's Climb different? So several things that make us different. One is where the money is going. There are so many wonderful national organizations out there that do great work. And ours is 100% focused on research. A lot of other ones do education, which is great. And I love that in terms of it's important. But ours is focusing money on 100% of research and on things that have not yet got funding. You think of a business in the business world, in the business industry, you get venture capital coming in and giving money and to create these things. We're like that. We take the high risk, high reward type of investment. We go in, like, give somebody 25, 50, $100,000 because they can't get that. NIH, Department of Defense, the American Cancer, they don't fund that risky stuff that we don't have the data. Where we come in, that makes a lot of sense. We have a portfolio. This one really makes sense here. We'll fund that, give them a couple hundred thousand. Next thing I know, they're off to the races. They don't give us any more money. We've got plenty of money because our $50,000 doesn't help them. They're getting millions from other places. So they still want money, but they said, go put your 50000 somewhere else. We're different in that way. It's early stage funding until they prove this concept. And then our expeditions are different. They're really hard. They're really hard. I feel bad that you know, we had this 68-year-old woman I want to come. I would love you to raise money. I would love you to come, but I'm just worried about you because we're doing the rim to rim of the Grand Canyon. So we drop oh. down 3,000 vertical feet and go across the Grand Canyon, which is a total of 25 miles through that at the bottom. It can be 100 degrees and grueling. Then you've got to hike another eight hours from there total of like 12 to 15, 16 hours, and then out 4,000 vertical feet. So the last part is a 4,000 is a steep, long climb up to 8,000 feet. So it's hard to breathe at that altitude. It's a very challenging. Then we wake up and go back the other way. So we do 50 miles in two days. Oh, wow. And you can't, once someone's in that deep, you can't, you've got to come out of the canyon. There's not, oh, a helicopter comes pick you out. You have got to get out on your own. And then it's tough coming out. It's cold. It's, it's, on the North Rim, we often get snow, despite that's May or September. And then she said, well, is there another thing I could do? I'm like, that's actually the easiest. We climb mountains that are, you know, you got to carry a really heavy pack and go up five, 6,000 vertical feet over two days and do the same thing. So what I'm trying to say is that we've discovered in a backhanded way what my sister and all those who suffer from cancer go through. Yes, so you know, true. Night we went out and climbed Kilimanjaro. It's a six day up and then two days back down Kilimanjaro. And then on the last night of the ascent, we started out at about 16,000 feet, had a 3,000 vertical foot climb that night, and then dropping down a lot. It was going to be a close to an 18 hour day, a big day. Oh, wow. And we all gathered in a tent. We woke up at 10, 11 o'clock at night and left around midnight into the dark, into the cold. And I said, look, guys, we're going to be climbing up to 19,000 feet. We're going to get altitude sickness. Some of us are going to be vomiting. We're going to have headaches. We're going to have awful fatigue. We're going to be tired. Our legs are going to be heavy. For 18 hours, my sister has did it for five years. Other people with cancer have done it for years and years, are nauseous, 
constantly. We can fight through a little altitude sickness. We can fight through a little bit of fatigue over 18 hours because those people with cancer are doing it every single day. And what it does to a perfectly healthy person like me who's on the climb is something, wow. I'm not literally, I'm figuratively walking in her shoes for 18 hours to feel what she's going through. And so it puts those people in, I think, a better position, those participants, to understand what people with cancer are going through. Yeah, I love that, Andy. That's such a great analogy because it is a climb. It is a climb trying to get through treatment and then even into survivorship. It's not over. You're still climbing. You're still trying to figure out this next new phase that you're in. I love that. And going along with that analogy, we get our flags to the summit. That's something that we really try to do. My sister's name. Sometimes we're carrying the prayer flags, people's names on you either have died. So it's important to get those to the summit. And then I remind people again that 80% of the accidents climbing happen on the way down. You think you're there where you've used up all your energy to get there. Maybe you didn't turn around soon enough. You're tired. You think you've reached your goal. And there's a lot of danger on the way down. And I'm sure it's very similar to people with cancer, even cured or in remission or whatever it is. You still have a long journey back down to safety, back to band, base camp, years and years. Hopefully you make it to the five-year mark, and which is a good sign, but it's a long, it's not over. It's a lifelong thing. Once you've gotten your flag to what you think is the sum. The other thing I think we've also had some success with is taking people who are survivors on these trips, which motivates people like me to go, oh my gosh, what a special time. See that, but as I said, all these trips are really hard. And you take somebody who thought a year ago or six months ago or three years ago was going to die. And now they're going, oh my God, I can literally climb a mountain. And to watch the power to give them that confidence is super rewarding as well. So those so all the things that make us slightly different from all that other wonderful organizations that are out there. Thank you for sharing that, Andy. Again, what you are doing is just wonderful. I think it's a great way to honor survivors as well. And being able to look back for a survivor and say, hey, I got through that and now mm-hmm. I can still do this. Yeah, That yeah. is a huge reward. It is. And I love certainly also giving, raising money for that cause as well. So it's super meaningful for them. Andy, your organization doesn't just raise money for cancer, but also multiple sclerosis. Please tell us more about why that is, and then a little bit about your wife, Jen, and how she's doing. My sister got sick, and I found this woman, Dr. Alicia Emmons at Hopkins, who was doing this therapy, immunotherapy work very early on, and she said it was showing a lot of promise. And when I met her, I said, how can we help you? She said, I need money. And again, while she was getting some funding, there were some gaps that she wasn't getting money for. And so we helped plug those gaps. And so she was able to go faster, which was wonderful. When I asked her, how can I help you? She said that she needed money, figure out how am I going to raise money for her? So I did a couple of small fundraisers. Then I came up with the idea. I was climbing with my buddy Crony on Pico de Orizaba, which is the third highest mountain in North America, the highest in Mexico, 18,500 feet. And on the descent, I said, Crony, what if we kind of charge our friends $5,000 to come climbing with us? They're like, yeah. So we off we went. We came up with this idea. And we had a meeting where we had Dr. Alicia Emmons talk. We were at a local climbing gym. And my buddy, Chris Warner, who's a world-class climber, who's climbed Everest and K2 and, you know, the world's toughest mountains. He's climbing a 6,000, 8,000-meter peak as we speak. And so they spoke. And everyone in the room was like, I'm coming. There's 20 of us. <laughs> we all, everyone signed up on the spot. It was like. Unbelievable. I expected a few people, but all 20 of us signed up. And I had brought my then girlfriend. We met in February and this meeting was in April. So two months into dating and she pulled one of my friends aside 
because again, she was motivated by Chris Warner and the researcher. And uh, she pulls one of my friends and says, I, 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 someone has to tell Andy that, to tell his next girlfriend that his ex-girlfriend is coming on this climb. <laughs> because she didn't expect that we'd be dating come, come January of the following year. It was at nine months after. So, but she was coming regardless. So then you know, we stuck together and I tricked her into getting to the summit by telling her we get engaged at the 19,000 top of the world's Actors Volcano. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. She says I said it, but... <laughs> It got her there. Did get engaged three months later, and then right. she had climbed in January the world's highest active volcano at nineteen thousand five hundred feet, which is wow. a pretty tough climb. And she did yeah. great. And then uh, we climbed Mount Shasta, and she was having some problems. And then we wound up getting married in, in September. And then six months later, we got married in September. A couple months after we had climbed Mount Shasta, which is a kind of a small mountain at fourteen thousand feet. And then February. 26, 2008, five months after our wedding, we were there, found ourselves in a doctor's office, finding out that she has advanced multiple sclerosis. And we had etched into our wedding rings, three values, love, support, and adventure. And that was taken from us. The third one, which is adventure. I wanted to be able to stand on another mountain with her again and climb with her again. So we said, I guess we're raising money for multiple sclerosis research as well. So now the money we raised, we pretty much split between the two research, breast cancer and multiple sclerosis. That's wonderful and such a beautiful story. I just love that you are taking these unfortunate situations and you're using it to help not only your loved ones, but so many other people in the world. There's so many people out there doing great work, but they just don't have the funding to bring it to the forefront. And it's such a blessing, Andy, that you and your organization are helping people do that. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It's a labor of love. And we were coming down from the summit of Picador Zaba. It was a long descent. And you know, I knew my sister was sick. And I just knew I couldn't sit alley by and do nothing. I dedicated my life at that point. Realized that my mission in life was to take a bite out of disease. And so whatever resources I could do to help families not have to deal with this, I was going to do. So it gave me a purpose in life. I tell people I went from pain to passion. All those awful setbacks, my mom dying as a child, my dad dying when I was 31. He had heart disease, then my sister, and then my wife. It was a gift. So now I wake up every morning and know what I'm doing. Mark yeah. Twain once said, the two most important days in a person's life, the day that you're born, the day you figure out why. And now I know why I'm on this earth, which is to take a bite of disease. So I get to live my life passion every day. That's wonderful. Andy, how can people get involved with Jody's Climb if they're interested in supporting your mission and organization? There's a lot of things you could do. We, you can send us a small donation. I think you'll hopefully you'll get people our website to make a small yes. donation. You could join a climb. I go to this, some of these meetings for the MS Society and they're thanking me for the big checks for writing. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. It's a Ponzi scheme. All I do is <laughs> climbers and they do all the fundraising so i don't really do that much i would love it if you join one of our expeditions i know i probably scared people talking about how challenging they were but it's amazing how far the mind can push your body and one of the things i think we build on this is mental resilience you when you realize how far your body can go and your mind just tells it it's unbelievable and people sign up for the trips and we obviously tell them how to train we get them in shape and they all do it they all going oh my god i cannot believe i did that and we change people's lives because i just climbed a mountain or i just did 50 miles in the grand canyon so join one of our expeditions we certainly have very introductory expeditions so if someone's 68 years old may not be the thing but if you're a healthy person i'm 58 and my dad died at age 58 58 years and 16 days, she died undergoing heart surgery. But when I'm 58 years old and 16 days, I'm going to be standing on the highest 
peak in Mexico at atheism. So what I'm saying is you can train, you could, we can, but no matter what your age is, we can get you to the summit. We got 60 year olds to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. So please, I would love you to join the Grand Canyon, Mount Adams, which is a great introductory climb in June. And if you're an experienced climber, we've got some really cool expeditions as well. So either donate or join one of our expeditions. Wonderful. Andy, please tell the audience your website. Where can they find you? And I'll put it um, in the list of notes also. The website for Joy's Climb for Hope, it's J-O-D-I-S, climbforhope.org. I'll provide it in the listen notes. Thank you. Make sure they have it. Andy, you talked about a couple of different expeditions that you've been on. What has been your favorite? I've got 12-year-olds. I love them differently. All expeditions are so special. I've climbed much smaller mountains and the team is so amazing and there's so many great experiences these little climbs are awesome the grand canyon which is not technical i certainly love that kilimanjaro spectacular where you're doing this eight days up this one mountain and so far but i think our first one that we did in, in ecuador about cotopaxi at 19,000. not just that jen and i were there together but the team was unbelievable we had accomplished so much we raised one hundred and fifty thousand dollars out of the blocks and i love the international expeditions because you're seeing the country you're experience another culture you're seeing so much rather than just all right i'm gonna go walk up that mountain and come back down no, <laughs> yeah. it, it, those are all awesome but when you layer on top of that seeing other cultures uh, and all that it makes it very really special love them all for different reasons but i think code was that extra special wonderful thank you for sharing that it yeah. just sounds like a wonderful experience when do you which one are you going to come on I don't know. I'll have to talk to you about that offline, okay. All right. <laughs> but I would love to try it. I really would. I did the one at Diamond Head in Hawaii. I've clowned that mountain, but that's the only one I've done so far. Okay. And one of the challenges we have, which is we would love to get more people of color in, outside on these expeditions. It's a challenge. We're looking and recruiting. And so our expeditions are more diverse and we have more people and we have a better experience for everybody. We love to give people that experience. My kids are African-American and they haven't given me a date when they're climbing it's to say <laughs> if they're, even though my kids were, were Jewish, I tell my kids that if they don't do it by 13, they're going to go to a convent, but hopefully they'll get them on a climb sometime soon. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it offline. I think that would okay. be a great experience. Andy, what is your next big thing? My next big thing is achieving standing on the highest mountain in Mexico, the third highest peak in North America, Pico Rosaba, on the age that my father died. And hopefully my wife won't be listening to this podcast. So I can also say that I turned 60 in 2025. And so I want to be standing on what's called Gagua, which is the highest mountain in the Western Hemisphere. So at 22,000 feet. Wow. So the highest in North America is Denali, which used to be called McKinley in Alaska. And so this is the highest. It's in Argentina. It's called one of the seven summits. People try to do the highest mountain in all the continents. And so obviously Everest is the highest in Asia and Denali is in North America. And this will be the highest in the continent of South America. So my wife doesn't know yet, but I still have, I guess, three years before I tell her. Yeah, you got some time. Yes. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And I yes. hope everything goes well. Thank you. Such big accomplishments that you're working towards. Andy, is there anything else that you would like to cover before we transition to the next set of questions that I have? I haven't covered a lot of ground. Your questions have been great in terms of covering what we're trying to do, what we've accomplished. Okay, wonderful. I just wanted to make sure you got everything yeah. in there. Yeah. Andy, I like to ask my guests two questions. And the first one is, what is something that people often misunderstand about you? 
<laughs> My sense of humor. I, <laughs> unfortunately, I say everything with a straight face. So I was texting a buddy of mine. We're getting ready to do their Grand Canyon together. So we had to go on like a 90 minute training run. And I'm like, all right, dude, don't forget to bring the beer. And he shows up and he's like, all right, ready. You know, I have the beer. I'm like, no, I was just kidding. <laughs> he's like, I cannot tell you when you're kidding. I'm like, look, always assume that I'm joking until I say I'm serious. They said, oh, most people, it's the opposite. They always, they're exactly. always serious. They say, I'm, yes. I'm joking. So people cannot understand my sense of humor. Okay. I think I get it. <laughs> you do get it now? Okay. Yeah. Yep. So that's not bad. 30 minutes is pretty good. <laughs> Usually takes three years. Finally, Andy, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? (sighs) Brutal question. Brutal question. (laughs) You've been a lot of places. (laughs) Oh my God, so many places. And I've been, again, very privileged to travel the world and see some spectacular places. I did spend some time in Vancouver, British Columbia. And so I would love if I got the visas and things like that to go back there. Mountains, water amazing metropolitan cosmopolitan area and the weather is mild so it's not never too hot never too cold it's always just right that sounds beautiful andy i just want to thank you again so much for your time and for joining us today and of course all the wonderful work that you're doing with jody's climb to support cancer and multiple sclerosis and researchers who are not getting the funding that they need to do the work that they're putting so much time and effort into as well. Thank you for helping those people also. You're welcome. I'm doing a deep dive in podcast myself. And I was listening to one about the, the fight against cancer. And when we declared the war on cancer 50 years ago, it was the number two killer in the United States. And 50 years later, it's now the number two killer in the United mm-hmm. States. So it's still killing too many people. And so I think the approaches that we're starting to take now are promising rather than bombarding somebody with just chemo what else can we do to that human to fight cancer because cancer seems to be smarter than we are believe it or not i'm really excited about the future of cancer research and with the funding that we're going to do not us but fundraising in general i appreciate you allowing me to tell my story to talk to so many cancers you on such a frequent basis to tell people give people hope and give people a place to learn it's fantastic My pleasure, Andy. I enjoyed talking with you. Before we end today, I'd like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it so that they can come and get the support, resources, and information that they need as well. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed the show, please share or tell your friends and family about it. For notes from the show and previous episodes, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.